are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome to Devil's Talking Padres. Bobby Murphy and I just watched the Padres get swept by the Milwaukee Brewers at home. Man, that sucked. Um, I don't really think there's anywhere else to to start with other than saying that. Oh, and Nelson Lamette got hurt. And uh, the announcement from the Padres was right forearm tightness, which is normally a very, very bad thing. If you know anything about uh, Tommy John surgery, that's normally what it ends up being. Now, I'm not saying it is, but it was left forearm tightness for Adrian Marajone. And Adrian Marajone was announced earlier this week. Well, we all knew it was going to happen that he had to undergo Tommy John surgery. So I'm certainly expecting Tommy John surgery for Denelson Lamette. Bobby, I would ask, how are you doing? But it's probably a pretty bad question at this point in time. So, uh, you know, give us your thoughts on what just went down and uh, uh, the injury news we've received this week. Uh, Dom, I am having a very bad day. I am in no mood. This is, this is just an awful per- offensive performance the entire series. It's even worse with Marejo getting Tommy John, Lamette possible Tommy John. There goes two of our young pitchers. I mean, we knew Marejo would be out. That happened a few days ago, but it sucks that there goes another young arm and then Lamette, excuse me. And then Lamette comes back and then he gets hurt right away, throwing tw- like 29 pitches. And he looked great in the first inning. I mean, he allowed the single that the, the ricochet single first inning struck out the next three. He looked great. And then we saw him get pulled. Stamon was in the bullpen and all Padres fans were like, oh, no. But this series was just absolutely horrendous to watch. One run in the first game, then we got shut out. Two runs today on Wednesday afternoon. It was just an awful, awful performance. Two of 22 with runners in 20 position in, for the entire series. And that that's where we struggled against the Dodgers. And it was just it's so tough to watch. These guys at the plate, they've really been struggling. Yeah, struggling at the plate. The last Padres home run, I believe, was the Fernando Tatis Jr. home run in game one of the Dodgers series. So they've not gone five straight games without a home run. And that is certainly not a good thing when you can't hit with the runners in scoring position, Bobby. And those are two things the Padres are both struggling with. And all of a sudden, the Padres offense has turned into a terrible offense. That's that's just what happens. So uh, last home run was uh, Sunday against the Dodgers. Who hit Cronworth. that? Cronworth. Oh, that's right. Yes. Still, there were no home runs hit in the series against the Brewers. Uh, you were right. And it was just announced that Lamette's going to get an MRI. And uh, they're 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 hoping that it's just the adrenaline from the first game back. Uh, there's no way. I'm sorry. that That is just not what the case was. Lamette's going to be out for at least a month, would be my guess. And I'd be very shocked. Or I wouldn't be very shocked. If it uh, if it is much longer than that, so uh, yeah. What what were your thoughts on the injuries? Because I have some uh, pretty I have some pretty deep thoughts about you know what's gone down this past week. Well, I'll go first. I'm not a doctor, of course, um, but I mean, Marijon out for the year. I mean, that just means we push someone else into his spot. Right now, possibly Ryan Weathers. He's been pitching solid, um, and who knows? Maybe if Lamette hurt. Maybe we see Mackenzie Gore. I know we don't want to sh- shove him in if he's not ready, but why? I mean, I don't want to say now is a perfect time, but with Lamette out, Marejo out, I know we do have Weathers, um, and I'd love to see him pitch. He needs more experience, but 
I could see Mackenzie Gore coming up at some point. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I just really hope Lamette just can't avoid Tommy John because then he'll be out for obviously the rest of this season, maybe into next season. Um, but like you said, if it's only a month, I mean, I just hope that he can stay healthy and pitch a full game. Um, sucks seeing him go out after an injury. I believe his last start before this one, uh, he when he pitched and then came out with an injury. Um, but it's just been so hard to watch all these injuries and just, I mean, it has to be something with the Padres, uh, with just the organization, their training and everything. It's just, it's just not looking good. Yeah, I mean, the injuries, they're adding up. And this is not a coincidence. This is a San Diego Padres problem. I'm, I'm dead serious with this. And the way that Jace Tingler has managed these, not Jace Tingler, sorry. The way that general manager AJ Preller has managed these injuries has been horrible. I mean, you look at it and someone on Reddit did the research and found out that 27% of the last 33 Tommy John surgeries in baseball have come from the Padres or a former Padres pitcher in Kirby Yates, who, of course, uh, didn't pitch a single inning for the Blue Jays. That's bad. And then you also, that's also not even taking into account, that's taking in the, the, the earliest one, which is Luis Perdomo, which, of course, happened on October 1st. So that's not even including some of the other players who underwent Tommy John surgery like Andres Munoz, like Reggie Lawson, like Trey Wingenter. I could keep going. And it's not just these guys. It's not just a Tommy John surgery problem. This is a problem with a ton of other players. I mean, look at the Fernando Tatis Jr. case. You can watch him out there. He's very clearly unhealthy. He's struggling at the plate. He was good in the field this series, which was a relief to say the least because that had certainly been a struggle as of late. I don't think there was any bad throws that were even saved by Hosmer this time because there are a couple of bad throws in the Dodgers series that were picked by Hosmer over at first base, which is also a miracle in and of itself. But then you've also got some other pitchers, and this is pitchers from the past. Remember the Drew Pomeranz and Colin Reyes stuff back in 2016? Like This is all bad injury history, and the way that they've handled this stuff has been horrible. And it's it's not just a concern because, you know, these guys are also Padres. These are human beings who are putting their lives on the line. And the Padres are frankly just saying, eh, go out there and pitch for us. Go out there and play for us. Like, we don't care about your health. It's bad. And the Padres are never going to win a championship with that kind of mentality. It's frustrating. And, you know, this may be an overreaction to a Lamette injury, but, I mean, we're talking about Brian and Lamette here. It, it's, it's, it's frustrating because – the Potters put in all these resources for these arms and then just throw them out the window. And at what point do the Potters say, Hey, we need to change something about this. And a part of the problem I also believe is Larry Rothschild, because the reason Larry Rothschild didn't get brought back to the Yankees, despite a ton of success was because the Yankees pitchers were getting injured. Like it was nobody's business. And we're seeing the same problem come over to the Potters. And you could say, well, it's baseball. Like this, these injuries happen. Well, I mean, this is continued problem. Like this is not something that's just like, you know, random 27% out of the last 33. That is an alarming rate. And that doesn't even include Gerardo Reyes who pitched for the Padres in 2020 season and was traded at the trade deadline. And he of course got timing down surgery on the angels. I mean, this is a bad problem and the Padres need to do something about this. Otherwise they're never going to get to where, Potters fans and where the Potters want them to be, which is hoisting the World Series trophy. 
Yeah, Dom. I mean, all, all of what you just said makes perfect sense. I totally agree. I mean, it's just an ongoing issue. And with the, Tatis, I know, obviously, like he, he's he's not hitting well right now at all. He's hitting way under what two hundred. Well, he's at under one fifty. I'm not sure exactly what he's at right now. Um, one fifty four. But he's just struggling at the play. And of course, you said it doesn't look like he's healthy right now. And I know Preller didn't want to give him surgery and have him start the whole year after all of these moves that we made during the offseason that made us a top three team in the league preseason, we're 10 and 10. We don't look like that team right now. We don't look like a team that has a top three lineup in the league. Our pitching's great. Our pitching's great. But if they can, if everyone can stay healthy, just pray to God, Snell and Darvish and Musgrove all stay healthy. Because, I mean, we're going to need pitching if this bullpen, I mean, sorry, if this lineup doesn't get better. I mean, it's supposed to be one of the best in the league and three runs over the, over this entire series combined is absolute garbage. Like we just need to hit the ball. And I'm just worried that if Tatis re-aggravates the injury again, we're going to be having this whole conversation again. It's just awful that our, that Preller, that whatever training staff we have can't keep these guys healthy. Yeah, it's bad. This team's just in a bad state right now in terms of injuries and it'll get better as the season goes on. And this brutal stretch of what 14 straight games and then seven of the 10 against the Dodgers and the other three against the Brewers, three fantastic starting pitchers. It's a brutal stretch. And I I said earlier on, like, Hey, don't expect the Potters to get off to as good of a start as you're expecting. They haven't, I wasn't expecting to be 10 and 10 at this point going into a four game series against the Dodgers, but it it hasn't been smooth sailing. The Potters are still going to be a playoff team in my eyes. You compare them to the other teams, the NL and you look at the standings, and I mean, it's not like the Potters are out of anything. They're they're behind the Giants right now, which of course is very disappointing. But you look at the NL East, and there's not really any good teams there. The Mets are seven and five. They haven't even looked that good. And then the next cup, every other team in that division is at or below five hundred. You look at the NL Central. The Brewers are on top. The Reds are nine and seven. Every other team there's below five hundred. So the Potters are still in a fine spot. They're just in a, it just seems like based on the expectations that Potters fans brought into the season, that they're significantly underperforming. And Potters fans are also forgetting that this isn't a 60 game season. Cause at this point, the Potters would be a third of their way done through the season. They've played 20 games. You know, there's still 142 games left. And if you can, you know, win 55% of those games for the rest of the year, the Potters are going to be a playoff team. So, uh, you know, I'm frustrated with how the team is playing right now. I'm frustrated with how I'm more frustrated with the way that the team has handled injuries. If you clearly couldn't tell by how I was talking just a couple of minutes ago, but they'll be fine. It's just very frustrating and hard to watch this team right now. Um, losing five of the last six and seven of the last nine is not fun by any stretch of the imagination, but this team will be fine. They'll be better than the Giants. They get the Giants next week and hopefully the Potters just pound them. But it's it's frustrating to watch right now, and you can't say any otherwise. Yeah, like obviously, like you said, 162 game season. This isn't a short season. It's only April. We have time, but the lineup just needs to start hitting the ball. I mean, what happened today was just inexcusable. We'll get to it in a sec, but it's just like I'm, it's, we can't be doing that. Yep. So let's talk about these games individually. Let's start off with game one. Joe Musgrove was fantastic. 13 strikeouts in seven innings. Unfortunately, allowed two solo home runs, which is all the Brewers needed in their three to one win. 
Padres got a run in the first inning off of a Tatis ground out, but uh, the next two batters, Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer, both had 110 mile an hour outs. And from that point on, the Padres struggled the rest of the game offensively. What did you take away from this game? Obviously, as you said, Musgrove was fantastic. He did allow those two solo home runs, but his stuff was looking great with 13 Ks. Pomerantz, I mean, I've always been high on Pomerantz. Pomerantz, I know you have been too. Uh, he, he allowed a, a run later in the game on a home run, but I mean, he'll be fine. Um, but in the last episode, we talked about Brandon Woodruff, how phenomenal, how phenomenal of a pitcher he is. And he came out and just showed what he can do. He's one of the best pitchers in the NL. He's very underrated. Uh, everyone knows about Woodruff, but six innings, one hit, one run in seven Ks. I mean, it didn't get easier the next day at Burns, but it was just, he, he's a great pitcher, pitcher, mm, pardon me, to go up against. But just the middle of our lineup, Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, combined to go 0 for 11. And then that's not including, including Myers and Fam after that. But it was just awful, awful hitting all around. We got two hit and lost 3 1. It was tough, tough game from the lineup. Yeah. Hey, it, was, it was a really rough outing from this lineup. And, it just shows like this lineup, this was the healthiest the Padres lineup was all series. And they're only able to scratch across one run on two hits. And one of those hits came in the first inning and I forget who got the other hit, but I mean, they, they weren't, they were drawing enough walks, but they just weren't able to put together hits together. And, you know, it was frustrating to watch. And then, you know, Woodruff goes six and then they have two other really solid bullpen guys, Fire Eisen, who, uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit. And Suter, who we'll also talk about in a little bit. And then you can hand the ball off to the best relief pitcher in baseball, Josh Hader. And he locked the Potters down in that game. So, yeah, it was tough to watch. And then game two was probably worse of a game, if you want to talk about it. Corbin Burns, who is clearly the front runner for the NL signing award right now, obviously really early on. He's only – starting pitchers have only had three or four starts. But he's only allowed one earned run. Uh, he has set the major league record for starting pitchers to start a season uh, with strikeouts before allowing a walk. And he added to that this game with 10 strikeouts of Padres batters on no blocks. The Brewers got five runs in the third inning, uh, four of which were unearned after a Jerickson Profar error. But the Brewers were just hitting the ball hard this inning. Billy McKinney, who just haunted the Padres this series, he had a home run. That was the earned run off Chris Paddock. And then after a Jerickson Profar error, Paddock ended up loading the bases with two outs and then Travis shot doubled and then Omar Navias singled in the left, each of which drove in two runs. And then Jace Peterson, former Padre drove in another run on a solo home run in the ninth inning, a frustrating game. And Billy McKinney really robbed the Padres of what would have been a hit to get the Padres back into this game off the bat of Will Myers. What'd you make of this game? Yeah, I mean, same thing as just the entire thing for the whole series. We just couldn't get hit the ball. Runners in scoring position again, one for six, left eight guys on base. Um, and Paddock, I mean, he wasn't great, but he uh, only had one one earned run. Um, the rest of them, I mean, he, he was allowing hits. Uh, but, I mean, just the lineup again. Corbin Burns is absolutely insane. Um, through his four starts this year, 40 strikeouts and zero walks. I... It says it somewhere. I doubt that's ever happened before, but that's just an insane start to the season for Burns. And as you said, 10 Ks in six innings today, we just couldn't even put the ball in play uh, against Burns. I mean, four hits, 10 Ks. Uh, it was just a, another rough outing from the guys. Cronenworth, Grisham, 0 for 4. Myers, 0 for 4. 
Uh, we obviously saw uh, Tatis and Machado out of the lineup for this game because uh, they were both um, either just resting, kind of battling injuries from the past few days. But, I mean, it was fine to see them get a day off. They might have needed that. But, yeah, it was just a rough, another rough performance from the San Diego lineup. A very rough performance. And they just couldn't find any clutch situations. They got six hits, which was a little bit better. But, I mean, if that Will Myers ball down the line drops – they get two runs. It's all of a sudden a two-five game. Maybe things are a little bit different, but Billy McKinney made the catch, and that was kind of a theme of this series. I mean, especially in Game Three. You know, Brewers got the hits, Padres didn't. You know, whether you want to point at the Padres or the Brewers for that, you can go ahead and make those assumptions for yourself. But the Padres couldn't catch a break in the series, and the Game Two was no different. Now, I mean, the Brewers deserved to win this game because they ended up winning by six. But there are a couple of plays that, you know, if Jerks of Profar fields the ground ball hit by Corbin Burns at like 60 miles an hour and Billy McKinney doesn't make the diving grab, all of a sudden the Potters are up one to two or the Potters are up two to one in the third inning. And who knows how long Chris Paddock's able to go in this game. Uh, the bullpen might be in a little bit better shape for game three in which they ended up having to pitch seven innings. I mean, this series could have gone so differently if Profar makes a ground ball fields, a ground ball. And if Billy McKinney doesn't make an insane diving catch down the left field line. So with that, let's talk about game three in this series. Padres end up losing this game four to two. Then also the started this game. It was absolutely fantastic through two innings, struck out four guys, only allowed one hit and one walk on 30 pitches, but he left the game after that with right forearm tightness, as we already said. And then on uh, the third inning, Trent Grisham, got the Potters on the board with a single to left field, hit with a runner in scoring position. It was uh, a miracle to say the least. And that was unfortunately the only hit with a runner in scoring position this entire series, which is really bad to say the least. Uh, and then the fourth inning, the Brewers tied it back up, but then the Padres regained the lead in the fourth inning. And then in the sixth inning, it kind of all fell apart for the Padres. And I, you know, I am. I think I've said this a couple of times before on the podcast. I am an umpire, uh, so I'll criticize umpires when I feel like I need to. Keanu Kella pitching to Omar Narvaez, 2-2 pitch, curveball, clearly a strike, call the ball, next pitch, Omar Narvaez, it's over the fence to take the lead. And then with two outs, uh, Keanu Kella also allowed another home run. I mean, if the umpire makes the correct call there, they don't score a single run this inning. And unfortunately, another thing didn't go the Padres' way and they end up losing a game because of it. Now, is that the reason? Is that the only reason the Potters lost in this game? No. I mean, they also strained the bases loaded uh, with nobody out, and Tommy Pham was up 3-0. And he struck out, then Will Myers struck out, then Victor Caratini struck out in the eighth inning. I mean, it was pathetic. You knew the game was over at that point because then Josh Hader was coming out on the ninth, and then the Padres tried to get back in it, and I mean, it felt like an old Padres game because they, they tried to suck you back and say, no, we're going to win this game, and then pull it right back from you. I mean, it, this is a pathetic game, and you know, it, one, one really bad call from an umpire cost the game, but the Padres had opportunities to win it otherwise. Yeah, and like what you said about just having it slip away from one game, that seems to be the theme. I mean, you can say about any single game, if, 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 but if they make that call, if Mookie doesn't make that catch, if Tatis doesn't make the error in game one, uh, it, I mean, that's it's just how the game is. It's how it's played. It's a lot of ifs, but I mean, 
it was just again going on runners in scoring position one for 12 that was just hard to watch i mean honestly this might have been for me the hardest game to watch in the series i mean they were all bad we had two runs this game the most in this series of any of our three games um but just watching us give with guys on base was just awful i mean like you, Bottom nine, even with even with Hader on the mound, we still had the time run on second, and then Hosmer swings out a ball that could have been ball four, unless if the umpire called a high strike. Um, but if you watch that, you get pro for a base loaded. Either way, single ties it. And I mean, would have loved to see Hosmer nail that high pitch, get some, get a Hosmer launch angle on that. But he struck out, stranded the time run on second, and then yeah, that just the eighth inning was just awful to watch. And as you already mentioned, Kelly allowed the two home runs and I'm, st- I still love Kelly. He's been having a good year. I mean, he just had a rough day today, allowing those two home runs and getting the loss. Um, but I mean, this was just a tough, another, another very, very hard game to watch as a Padres fan. Yeah. A lot of these games have been tough to watch this year, but I mean, like I said, 142 more games this year. It's, it's a very long baseball season. And you can't be uh, shooting yourself over one game, but uh, really bad, really forgettable series for the Padres, multiple injuries and just a lot of tough breaks, no home runs for the Padres, like I already mentioned. And that needs to probably change if they don't want to improve with runners in scoring position. Anything else you want to talk about from the series before we uh, briefly talk about the Dodgers series, because we don't really need to preview that a ton considering that Padres fans just saw the Dodgers. Um, I mean, pretty much what you said. Um, Obviously, there's 142 games left. We love this team. Never like to bash on them, but they'll be fine. I mean, can't freak out over one series in April. I mean, you can, but... You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't panic. should not. Yeah, no, yeah. We love this team, and uh, we'll be fine. I mean, obviously, there's this tough series against the Dodgers coming up, which we'll preview any second now, but, I mean, just got to come back stronger off of this sweep. Yeah, I think I got all my thoughts out that I wanted to say about this series. Um, I mean, it's pretty disappointing to get swept while the Brewers are playing without, keyword without, Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, and Colton Wong. I mean, that's that's pretty disappointing. The Potters aren't healthy too, but I mean, if you're going to say like, well, the Potters, we clearly aren't healthy right now, which I think is very valid. They are. They're very clearly not healthy, but that's not an excuse for getting swept because Clearly the Brewers aren't as well and the Brewers just executed and the Potters didn't. Uh, that's what it comes down to. And you would hope that the Potters are going to be able to execute more when they become healthy. But anyways, let's talk about this upcoming Dodgers series, four game series, Dodgers coming off a two, two game series split with the Seattle Mariners. And don't, don't say, Oh, well, they split the Mariners. The Mariners have been very impressive to start this year. Currently in second place in the AL East. That's a pretty decent accomplishment considering uh, where the Mariners have been as of late. They always start off hot though. So who knows if that'll continue, but four game series, they're going to have the rotation set and the Potters will go around from the back. Uh, Dodgers are going to have Bueller, Kershaw, Bauer, and then Dustin May as the four. So the Potters will going to see Dustin May for the first time. Saw the first three guys in the first series. And then the Potters will have Ryan Weathers, you Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove. So Joe Musgrove will get his first crack at the Dodgers in a Padres uniform. Uh, what do you make these pitching matchups? Yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of these guys pitching that last series, and they, they were, of course, they were all exciting games. I mean, I just hope the pod, that the Padres can just come back, forget about that last series, 
and just bring the intensity that they brought in that first series against LA. I know we lost two out of three, but the games were the most exciting I've watched in forever. And they've just, the energy was there. The intensity was there and they were all ex- super exciting games to watch. So I'm hoping that we can bring it, bring that kind of intensity again. But I mean, these pitching matchups, I mean, it's gonna be tough again, Bueller, Kershaw, Bauer, but then again, we're sending out Darvish, Schnell, Musgrove. I mean, obviously we know that what the key for this series will be one of them is stay healthy. Number two, just hit with guys in scoring position. I mean, if we can't do that, we're not winning the series. Obviously, we need to hit with guys on base, and that's why we struggled in this past series. And we can't be do- doing that against the Dodgers if we want to win any of these games. Yeah, they're, they're going to need to change something. And thankfully, the Potters were able to come away with one game in the last series because, I mean, they're a couple of breaks away from getting swept in that series. They're also a couple of good breaks away from sweeping that series. That's just how close and competitive that three game series was. So, I mean, you got to hope that the Padres just don't get swept the way that they've been playing and the way that they look right now, health wise, because, you know, we're talking about how good Woodruff and Burns were. You don't get it easier again, going up against Bueller, Kershaw and Bauer. And then, I mean, even Dustin May following them, it's just a totally brutal stretch for the Padres right now. After that Dodgers series, when we were pre- previewing the Brewers, we knew how good Woodruff and Burns were. And we have to go against Dodgers, Woodruff and Burns, and then back to the Dodgers, to the three-headed monster at, at the top. I mean, that's just tough. And that's how they're built. I mean, we have a great rotation too, but God, theirs is just insane to have Bauer as the number three starter. Uh, we all know how good he was last year when he won the Cy Young, and he's been phenomenal this year. He's Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. I mean, obviously, we we'll won't take it game by game, but I would love... Love to win that one on national television. Yeah, that, that's going to be the important one. And uh, I don't want to say I don't want to watch the Padres play on national television, but they're going to look how they just did in the Brewers series. I mean, that's going to be ugly. And I definitely do not want that. And I mean, I, like I said, I, the Padres are very clearly a better team than what they look like in the series. But the way that they're currently are health wise, it's going to be tough. And I mean, if Chase Tingler is going to keep mixing and matching lineups to try and give guys days off for health issues, and to help them be healthier for the rest of the season. Uh, I think that is not going to help the putters out in terms of being healthy and being at full strength for the series, but it's all about the long-term game. And, you know, I, I appreciate what Tingler's trying to do. It just sucks that the putters get a day off on Monday. Then they also get a day off on Thursday next week. It's like, that's going to be helpful. But I mean, that, that day off would have been just awesome for the, like before one of these two series, uh, they didn't get off days spaced out a ton and then they also get one the following thursday so uh the i i think that these next four games are going to be a struggle and i honestly i'm hoping to just take one out of four from the dodgers i know that sounds really pessimistic but with the way that things have gone in the series against the brewers and even against the dodgers i just don't see how things are going to change going up against the dodgers and i mean the dodgers are red hot but uh if the pitching staff can be impressive again That'll certainly be awesome, and they're going to need to be awesome because the Padres are beat up right now. So what, what are your thoughts about this upcoming series? What, what are your expectations? I also, don't, also want to sound pessimistic. Even regardless, even if we had swept Milwaukee, I would have just said, well, just hope, hope for a split. But at this point, I mean, same as you. I just want to avoid a sweep. I know it's a four-game series, and four-game sweep right now would be tough regardless of who it's against, even against the Dodgers. That would just be hard to take in, but I mean, I don't want to say go for a split. Obviously I want to split, but 
realistically, we have to take one or two of these games. We can't lose all four um, because this will be a huge series for the Padres momentum and for their, uh, for their expectations for, you know, the rest of the month. Padres currently sitting at 10 and 10. Do you got any more final thoughts before we wrap up this episode? Uh, Just of course, go Padres. Hope they can pick their bats back up and get everyone healthy. I agree. They just need to get healthy and I hope that they can be healthy next week when I, I'm in attendance and I assume you will be as well when they face the Diamondbacks. So uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of Devil's Talking Padres. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, make sure to follow Bobby and I on Twitter, me at DMster19, and then Bobby at BobbyMurphy2000. Make sure to check out our content at eastvillagetimes.com, as this is a podcast for East Village Times. Four-game series against the Dodgers, Sunday night baseball. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully, the Padres bring out the same intensity that they did against the Dodgers because they're going to need to. And if they do, I mean, who knows what can happen. All three games were fantastic and could have gone either way against the Dodgers last time. So with that, thank you for tuning in. We hope our Padres can stay healthier this series against the Dodgers, hopefully take two or maybe even three, but just avoid getting swept and go Padres.